Hello, this is uh, your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, this is a, another of my bonus episodes. I haven't done one in a while. Sorry, I've been kind of neglecting it. I, I feel shame. This one is a particularly special one. It's uh, rather embarrassing for me <laughs> in that it was early on in my career as a as a uh, internet radio host. Uh, although it is my 105th show that I had done for Z Talk Radio, 105th edition of Dimland Radio. It dates way back to June 30, 2012. And this is a show with a guest. The guy's not exactly a household name. His name is Kale Kelly, and he is a, a, a Z Talker. He has a, I think he still has a show. On the, on the network. He used to back then, he used to be the pro program director and all that. Um, Kale is, to put it mildly, uh, a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he's into the paranormal. He doesn't think that the Egyptians built the pyramids. We talk a lot about that on this particular show. Doesn't necessarily believe that space aliens did it. He just doesn't think that the ancient uh, Egyptians would have been able to do it. He has some unusual ideas on how it was done. Now, skeptics out there who are familiar with this following term will recognize this happening on the show. It's called the Gish Gallop. And uh, I think any skeptic who talks to anybody who is a true believer of any paranormal thing, any uh, conspiracy theory, anything like that, has and, and tries to put them straight or debate them or however they want to interact with that true believer in this. But if they start to get into that argument about whether or not it's true, uh, the the true believer will maybe use the gish gallop. Uh, the Gish Gallop is a term that was coined, I believe, by Eugenie Scott, who was a scientist, and uh, she's a science communicator, and she's awesome. And uh, she the, it, she coined it because of this fellow named Dwayne Gish. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago now. But Dwayne Gish used to debate uh, evolution and the age of the Earth and that kind of thing. He believed it was a young Earth, and he believed that the Grand Canyon was created by, the, by Noah's flood, which he believed literally, and um, he would get in debates with scientists and science enthusiasts and all that kind of stuff, and what he would do, not that he created this technique, but what he would do would be he'd, he'd hammer, he'd bombard the scientist or the science enthusiast with question after question and statements and all this kind of stuff that the expert, the science expert, would get flummoxed because it's easier to ask the question. It takes less time to ask the question, but to explain the answer takes more time. So what ends up happening to uh, an audience of lay people, it looks like the scientist is being flustered and is fumbling because they're trying to catch up with with Dwayne as he's galloping along 
with this uh, just asking questions kind of thing, just bombarding, you know, the jacking off, just asking questions. Uh, it's it's something that uh, uh, skeptics need to be cognizant of if they're ever going to get in this into a conversation with a true believer. So uh, <laughs> I <laughs> wasn't very prepared for it, uh, but. You know, because a lot of times my answer was, I, I, you know, I'm not an expert on how the Egyptians built the pyramids. I rely on experts, and a lot of times my answer was, I don't know. And you know, Kale believes that there are ghosts, and he believes that EVPs uh, are ghosts communicating with us. He believes that chemtrails are uh, you know governments trying to spread disease or you know mind controlling the populations he believes this stuff and i don't <laughs> so he's uh, you know he's a, he's a great guy uh generally <laughs> i like him he likes to tease me and that's fine uh he likes to challenge me and that's good uh but yeah so it, be prepared. That's what's going to be. It's also a much longer episode than I normally do, and there's no breaks in this one. And uh, this is in my early days, so there's kind of a there's kind of a hum to the sound. There was something going on that needed to be f fixed, and at some point I did fix it, and I got a better microphone. Uh, you will hear that uh, Kale sounds pretty good. I sound a little. So, if you're willing to listen to a Gish Gallup and hear the mind of a conspiracy theorist and get an idea of what, you know, Kale Kelly is like, listen on. Oh, and by the way, the last bonus podcast I put up, I recall that I said it was uh, bonus podcast number seven. It was actually number six. This one is number 490. No, no, this one's number seven. So uh, here we go. Uh, the sound quality isn't fantastic, but, uh, and my de <laughs> debating <laughs> quality isn't much better. <laughs> but, you know, live and learn. Uh, here it is uh, from June 30, 2012, Dimland Radio with my guest. Kale Kelly. This is also part of the reason why I don't have guests. <clears throat> but, uh, well, as they say, enjoy. See, there's that hum. Sorry. This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, 
I'm not really a doctor, I just play doctor online. If you were listening closely as I started, there was that Tonight Tonight Hot Damn Tonight sounder, which I play anytime I have a guest, and I do have a guest tonight, and boy, I hope you can hear me. Uh, my guest is Cale Kelly. He is a, a fellow Z-Talker, and he's also the program director here at Z-Talk Radio. Cale, are you there? I'm here, sir. Oh, you you paused just for a second there, just to make me nervous. I didn't should you? just purposely pause for like <laughs> ten seconds. This just make to have me, like, Kale, oh, Kale, are you there? Are you there? <laughs> like, oh man, I knew it. <laughs> and I should tell everybody that um, it's a special Dimland Radio tonight because there will be no breaks. Because, because um, no. I, I, you know, he's the program director. He says I don't have to take a break if I don't want to, right? <laughs> You don't have to take a break. Right. And <laughs> normally I take a break so I just get a chance to breathe. But, um, uh, see, the way my software works for the broadcasting thing, I, I can't talk off the air with him. So, I mean, so might as well just stay on the air. So, Kale, sure. um, uh, yes, sir. tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> isn't that oh, one, wow. of those, isn't the, one of those interview questions? My name is Kale Kelly. I'm six foot one. Oh, wait, 190 pounds. I like to take long walks on the beach with that special someone. Um, I like puppies, kittens, and uh, brownies. And I love to bake, and I love um, soap operas. Ooh. No, actually. Um, and Twilight. My you name is Twilight. Kale, obviously. Uh, I never thought I'd be involved in the paranormal in any which way or shape or form. I grew up with a mom that uh, kind of was into sci-fi stuff. She liked Star Trek and all those kinds of things when I was growing up, so... As I got older, it always became kind of a hobby for me to follow what was going on. You know, I'd read a lot of stuff. Uh, at some point, I came across a group that was doing ghost hunting. I thought that was fascinating. So I just started up a conversation with their tech guy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am an engineer, so I get into a lot of the uh, technical stuff, you know, the equipment and whatnot, because that's why I do. I do design, develop equipment for several several companies throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Anyway, at some point he said, hey, you know, why don't you come on a ghost hunt with us? And I thought, well, that, that sounds interesting. I'll do it, you know, whatever. So I had an open mind. I went, and um, I don't know. After that, it was all history. So that was 12, 13 years ago. And uh, kind of a side hobby of mine is always, I've always had a love for the field of ufology. Uh-huh, yeah. So, um, you know, and there, obviously there's lots of... Uh, there's lots of doubts and lots of theories floating around, but it is interesting, you know, everybody would like to think, wow, what if, you know, so sure. it's always kind of been my thing, I, I like archaeology, so ancient archaeology, alien influence for ancient uh, archaeological sites, it's just kind of a, a hobby of mine, so here we are. Assuming that there is ancient... Assuming, yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, uh, there's been no huge UFO to land in a major... Uh, populated city yet so <laughs> no it, what, what, it's all pretty much speculation but. and I'm not holding my breath so uh, but it could happen you don't know could happen yeah you never know I mean obviously well before we get into any of that let's um sure there's a couple of things going on with ZTalk as, as I said you're the program director you've taken over for Zeta Ost who had uh, or is it Ost Ost <laughs> yes. I would just call her Hazy so uh, <laughs> Zeta had taken a new job and was going to have to dedicate more time to that so she mm -hmm. stepped away from ZTalk for a while hopefully she'll tune in once in a while at least she still has computer wherever she is uh, um, and, and she I'm, does I'm assuming there's the internets around her 
Uh, yeah, I chatted with her yesterday on Facebook. So was it yesterday? Uh, I think it was yesterday. It doesn't matter. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm almost 48. So what I can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so she stepped down. She was the program director, so she was doing that job, and then they turned it over to you, Kale. And uh, and there's a couple of things that happened new within I think within the last few weeks, and that is, uh, I guess, ZTalk shows are available on Stitcher. And then we mm-hmm. also have an app that is for the Android and something else. Can you what what's going on with the Stitcher and the app situation? What's what's that all about? Well, Stitcher's an app that you can download um, on either an iPhone or an Android phone. So Stitcher's kind of a universal app that covers several radio stations. It's not just ZTalk, but you're able to stream ZTalk over it, and that's found in your app store, obviously. And then uh, the ZTalk radio app is only is primarily for the Android market, and that one's in, I think you have to just type in ZTalk and then space radio, mm-hmm. and then you'll find the app, and it's, it's exclusive to ZTalk, so people can listen on the go. They don't have any more excuses, you know, oh, I missed your show, whatever, so you can just tune in right from your phone, so it's mm-hmm. kind of a Kind of cool, yeah. Because you know, Saturday night is a, a night where people really don't have much to do, and uh, <laughs> so now they can stream my show for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. And then you do a show that's on earlier uh, on yeah. Saturday nights, and you do this with Joe Kudo, and it's the Skeptical Edge. Yeah, I thought your show was on actually an hour ago. <laughs> I'm sitting here, where's <laughs> Jim? Where's Jim? I was like, oh shit, I got a whole nother hour. <laughs> So. Hey, we made it, uh, what, 10 minutes before you swore? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, well, seven okay. minutes. It's internet radio. I, mean, I, know, I, I don't I make it a habit to do that uh, <laughs> continuously. That's okay. I've had I mean, I've had some guests before that have, you know, dropped a word or two. So, <laughs> but I've, I well, have. Every show does. I, yeah. well, I well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I, I vow that that will not happen the remainder of the evening. I, I actually don't, I try not to do that a lot. Yeah. This is cusses more than I ever do. When we were, <laughs> she just said what? what? She just said f that. Oh no, no f that. Except she, yeah. yeah. But well, when you and I have been on the air together before, it's usually when you're doing some music thing and and mm-hmm. either ask me to come on and we talk and it's a lot more loosey goosey and that kind of stuff. So that's oh sure, it's a little different. So I don't know why I I you know it's not like I'm a prude or anything. It's just for some reason I just I. I don't know. On my show, I don't. You know, when I'm off the show and There's around, wrong with that. and with my son, I swear, like you just, I just say, "Hey, son, you want to learn all the swear words?" No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, sit on Dad's knee. I'll teach them to you. You know. Speaking of which, and I was gonna, yeah, this you know, nothing to do with anything, but other than um, we were, my son and I were watching the Beatles anthology, uh, which came out in 1995, and it was on TV. And it was a big, you know, four-night extravaganza kind of thing. And so I thought, that's cool, and Hayden likes the Beatles, so let's get that. Well, what I forgot, because my wife and I had watched it on DVD uh, some years ago, what I forgot was that um, that they don't censor out the language on the DVD like they did on the TV. So, and we're sitting here, and, you know, uh, three of the Beatles swore. Can you guess which one didn't? This is a pop quiz. Hmm. Which one Let's do you think see. wouldn't swear? Well, I think Ringo would. I think Paul would. Hmm. Interesting. 
didn't didn't swear or didn't, didn't want or didn't, didn't want swear to. at least in the doc, you know in their interviews for the documentary didn't swear. Uh, John's interviews were not for the documentary, but they were used. There were some interviews from before because, of course, he'd been dead for. Well, maybe, years. maybe I would say you know John was pretty spiritual. Maybe it's John Lennon. No, it was Paul. Really, Paul was the only oh John dropped the f bomb a couple of times. <laughs> Just and my my wife. Well, he was, was sitting, into the whole hippie movement. You know, I mean, he was in that piece thing. And, 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 yeah, you know, and it, it's just I don't know if it's just me, but <clears throat> John seemed to me to be the angry beetle, not super angry or anything like that. But he just seemed to be the the angry beetle. He was the one that suffered fools less well than the other ones did. John or George was always kind of quiet. And, you know, and then and then Ringo was always you know peace and love that's what he does now and Paul was always the diplomat kind of guy and yeah you know, and so it just it just anyway yeah so so unfortunate that um, that John was killed I mean um, yeah, yeah yeah he he really had a brilliant mind and and brought a lot of talent to uh, a really crazy era where mm-hmm. it was much needed at the mm-hmm. time I think. Well, but you know, I like. I believe that uh, we all have a purpose for being here. You know, we all have a path to follow, and that was his path. And perhaps he was meant to be there at that particular time to uh, help a lot of people. I don't know, but I mean, between uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, I, I think <laughs> obviously Paul McCartney's talent stands out by itself, as well as John Lennon's. Uh, Ringo Starr, talented guy. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he obviously was a drummer. Um, he he had some hits come out, uh, some yeah. albums, but nothing like Paul McCartney or John Lennon. So mm, you know, I, I now this is I'm just pulling this out from a, a, a deep memory that I have. Uh, okay. Back in the days when I did have cable, there was a VH1 <laughs> series that was hosted by David Cassidy, and uh. each it was a half hour well, episode, a- and they would. Um, David Cassidy was from the Partridge Family. For those of you yeah. kids, and the Partridge Family was no, never mind. <laughs> it would take longer to explain. He still look good into into uh, as he got older. He still looked pretty young. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that manages to keep that youthful look. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so they would do a half hour show about some topic, and one show they did was uh, the Beatles post Beatles career. And this could be wrong. My memory might be faulty on this, but I swear. You know, they did that. You know, before they go to an ad, they say which of the four Beatles had the most number one hits uh, post Beatles, and when they came back, the answer was Ringo. Ringo wow, had, really? That's and, and and again, I'm just going from you know just my you know what I can remember, and I could be absolutely hmm. wrong in this, but I because I because I had that reaction that you had when David Cassidy says Ringo, it was really. Yeah, but I would apparently think it would be Paul he McCartney. had. He had some really cool songs. I mean, my favorite Ringo song is Photograph, which was uh, co-written with uh, George Harrison and, and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, he did have some good hits, uh, mm-hmm. mainly through the 80s, 70, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, well, mainly through the 70s, I think. And, and, and Paul had the, you know, he had, a, he had a, I think, a greater number of songs on the charts than Ringo did. So maybe, maybe that's, that's why it. we think yeah. he had more number ones, but he just had more songs on the charts. Uh, hmm. And George had some fantastic stuff after the Beatles. It's just like they, it's like they were they were holding him back until they broke up, and then he just releases that. Uh, My sweet the, lord, all things must pass. That that yeah. album was like a three disc album back in the days when they used vinyl, uh, mm-hmm. and it was just this massive thing. And like the critics were all saying, "Well, look, look what George had saved up." <laughs> 
that the beat all very talented in their own mm-hmm. right you know that's mm-hmm. that's what's uh it's amazing to see a group i don't think there's ever been a group where when after they split up each of them were able to have number one hits each mm-hmm. person in the group mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other group that's ever done that i don't i don't geez i don't think there is well, that, the, the Beatles were just, you know, that's what that, when you're watching that anthology, and I'm talking to my son about it. My son's eight, and he's a big Beatles fan. He's, you know, we, I've been playing the albums for him, and he says, oh, know, these, these guys are, you know, it's, it, these guys are important. <laughs> you know, Have you seen the movie uh, Into the Universe? Uh, I haven't seen it. Is that the documentary, or? Uh, no, no, it's just a movie that's set to nothing but uh, the whole Beatles you know, it's all Beatles music. I seems, mean, it's it's very good. Seems you asked me about that before. I yeah, it's not really good. It. You should watch it. I, I I really I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, the next step I have in my uh, Netflix queue is the uh, the George Harrison documentary. So I'm looking hmm. forward to that one. I don't know if I'll subject Hayden to that one, but yeah, that's you know that it's interesting. I I truly wonder if there's ever been a group where after they split up, each individual member went on to produce number one hits on the charts. I, Every person in the band. I don't think there's ever been a band that's done that. I can't think of any offhand. I mean, you, what? You can I mean, bands like split the lead up all guy. the time, but I you mean, you're talking th- every member. Right, because I can think of, you know, the lead guy or gal, the singer, going off and doing it, but generally that's... I think you're. I think you're on to something, because I don't think there's there could be any other band that would do that. I can't. I can't think of one. You know, you can think of bands that might have been almost as big as the Beatles, but separately, nah. That I, I think that's uh, that's another feather in their cap. I agree. <laughs> so with that said, I mean, obviously you went to the baseball game today, or you watched it on watched TV. It. So you had a, you had a good you had a good day. Um, <laughs> Actually, I had a busy Jenny's day. Jenny's graduation party. I saw you hugging somebody, so we, we <sighs> yeah, can throw yeah. that out. There. <laughs> There's yeah, no I hugging in the hugging chat. Jenny, so Please well, refrain. From chugging, hugging in the chat room. You can chug in the chat room. I don't care, but no hugging in the chat room. <laughs> We're just gonna throw that out there, though. So next time you say I don't hug, I, I got, I have proof. I well, I've said I do hugs. You see that? I, that, I saw that, that look on your face from... in that photo, though. You're like, oh my god, really? <laughs> I'm trying to smile. <laughs> it's not that I that hugging Jenny was disagreeable. That was fine. She's you know, but it was just. <laughs> I know you're like, oh, please don't take my picture of me hugging. But just pick well, it out. And they took two pictures. They, I had to do that twice. I had to do it twice, and then mm-hmm. and then I had to hug her mom, Bonnie, and and then I think I had to hug Jenny again before I left. I said, jeez, four hugs. Just, oh. Did they feed you? They did. Oh yeah, there was food. Oh, there. that's good. Got some free food. Fantastic. But that so was, how far away does she live from you? Probably not that far, huh? It's about a twenty minute drive. Oh that, wow, that's that, great! Not that bad, and um, uh, but the whole thing about the hugging thing—that all <laughs> the genesis of that is from back in the days, way back before I had a show here on Z Talk, uh, uh-huh. back when it was Dark Plains Radio. When I first started hanging out in the chat rooms, it was uh-huh. just this. Sometimes the chat rooms would just become these love fests, and it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's like everybody's putting their names in parentheses, you know, and somebody shows up and they put their name in parentheses, and they or they they get that you know the emoticon doing the hugging thing, and it's just like, and I'm just like, what are you people doing? What's with all this hugging? I would do the up nod. <laughs> I told them an up nod is fine. <laughs> You know, so uh, Wanda used to hang out in the chat rooms all the time, and she, you know, she she do hugs dim, and I'd say up nod, Wanda, you know, uh, <laughs> up nod. And you know that you know that there are two basic nods 
when you're greeting somebody. I don't know it's if you've up. ever thought about this. There's the up nod and there's the down nod. Now the the down nod is when you're you're walking down the street and there's another person on walking on the sidewalk. You don't know who they are. You're walking in, in you know toward each other and you get eye contact for just enough time. You think I should acknowledge this person, and so you nod down. Is well, I think the down nod would go back to uh, that would probably go back quite a few years because I mean it was a down nod with the tip of a hat. You put your hand on your on the well, brim of your hat, and you tip your head down. That's yeah. That's that makes sense to me. But that's I noticed that that's what I do when I see somebody that I don't know, and I do the thing. I, I nod down. But when you know somebody and you see them, you nod up. You go, hey, how you doing? The, the head goes up. So so the up nod is the I know you. The down nod is uh, you know hello stranger. Yeah. Hmm. That's true. Don't you think? I agree. Interesting observation. I want you to put so, that down as uh, Dim's theory number one. Yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> observation. Things you don't usually notice. <laughs> I just want to know, I'm dying to know, what makes you such a diehard skeptic? I mean, to the point that it, you're almost a, a, a close-minded oh, skeptic. Please, and I don't no. mean that by insult. I just mean you, you are so skeptical that, that sometimes even when information is provided to you, you still almost like cringe to have to agree. Depends on what the information is. It's it's all evidence. It's all levels of evidence. Uh, you know, skeptics. Uh, if I can speak for them, <clears throat> and it's my show, so I can. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, this might sound dismissive or like I'm talking down or anything, and I don't mean it to be that way. But it's it's you know, skeptics have a higher threshold level for evidence. You know, the evidence has to be. You know, you know the phrase. I end my every show with it. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. It's you know, you telling me you went to the store yesterday. Fine, <laughs> okay, but telling me that while you were on your way to the store yesterday, some alien spacecraft hovered over your car, you know, brought you in, took you around the galaxy, probed you a few times, brought you back. You know, and then you went to the store. And said, I'm going to need a little more than just you're telling me this. Uh, you know, I believe you believe it, uh, but that doesn't. It's you know, it's not enough for me to accept what you th what you're telling me is what happened. You know, I would think I think something else happened. You know, it's so that's you, there's a higher level of threshold for evidence um, for a skeptic. They just don't want to just you know your anecdote is fine. Uh, your list of anomalies are interesting, but your conclusion, it, you know, that you have isn't you know, the anecdotes and the anomalies and these things do not warrant uh, acceptance of your conclusion of what this means or at least might mean. So that's you know, so we we tend to get looked at. Well, you guys are just closed-minded. You you know, it's no, we we're open to what you want to tell us and you want to show us. We'll listen to it. We'll look at it. We'll read about it, but. If you know, we need good hard evidence. Uh, but do you look at it though? That's the question. Sure. Do you really look at it? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Or do you just say, "No, nah, I'm not even going to bother with that because it just seems too out out there." Well, there is, there is, you know, uh, I, there's one skeptic that posts on uh, on YouTube. Um, what's his name? He goes by Qualia Soup, and he did a piece. He does these animated pieces, and he's brilliant. I mean, he just does a really good job at these things. And uh, he talks about there's, you know, there's the gatekeeper. 
you know, the guy that, okay, we can't let everything in because we can't look at everything and we can't d dive into everything. So we have to have a sort of a, you know, a filter system that says, you know, what seems more probable, what seems more likely, you know, what are we going to look at a little more closely? Uh, you well, know, why so can't you dive into everything? Because you just don't have time. And your brain well, I mean, just I'm just saying, as that. a collected, uh, as a collective group of individuals, say like like between archaeologists and scientists, mm -hmm. uh, whatever the whatever the event may be, I mean, they're able to do it. They're oh, able well, to investigate well, uh, archaeology, there, ancient aliens, Bigfoot. So why can't the skeptics do it, do that as well? Well, there are skeptics that do that kind of thing. There are skeptics that are more active in looking into, you know, uh, ghost sightings. And then there's there are skeptics that are uh, you know do more cryptozoology type stuff. There are skeptics that deal with ufology, that kind of thing. There you know there are some that say you know this is the kind of thing I'm most interested in. So they you know they'll key on that. You know I'm just your general armchair skeptic. You know what can I tell you? <laughs> but here I have something to read to you. Okay, okay. closed-minded skeptics who flatly deny the existence of any unexplained phenomena in the name of rationalism among the primary contributors to the rejection of science by the public. People are not stupid. They know very well what they have seen or, or seen anything out of the ordinary. When a so-called expert either dismisses or ridicules an individual in regard to what they may have experienced, he is really teaching the public that science is impotent and unwilling to pursue the study of the unknown. Carl Sagan. <laughs> Was it, who said it? That wasn't Carl Sagan. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's well, yeah. That's that's the dismissive, cynical skeptic. That you know, that's that's being described there, and that's right. And so, you know, when you talk, there are skeptics like uh, Ben Radford who will talk about. You know, in fact, I even contacted him and, and said, you know, uh, how do I handle this? What you know, do you have any information here for this? I've done that in the past. I've had him on my show. And you contact you, him in regards to our show tonight. I perhaps. Wow, I feel, I feel, I, I, man, I'm telling you, I feel blessed. That, that says a lot. You had to call Ben Radford up. I, I didn't call him. I just put Facebook. I, I'm curious to know what his thoughts are. Because, um, <laughs> see, here, here's my issue, okay? I'm not an archaeologist. I'm not a scientist. I'm an engineer. So mm -hmm. what do engineers do? They design things. Well, that, that mm -hmm. doesn't really come in handy when I'm looking at certain aspects of uh, ancient archaeology or ufology things of that nature but what I can do is I can run numbers so I use what I know to run numbers on certain things and I did do that mm -hmm. um, on, on some different things and, and tonight I thought we could briefly touch obviously we got gosh time's flying we got 37 minutes left but um, <laughs> oh, well, I thought we could briefly touch on um, the, pier the, the Great Pyramid of Giza the Khufu Pyramid sure and you know and I, I know the program director and he might let us go over perhaps <laughs> But I'm not the only one that's in charge of that. That, that Scotty put uh, both Joe and I in charge of that and made us both uh, program <laughs> promotional director. Now, I don't uh, know what's really involved. I mean, I, I get I get messages, you mm -hmm. know, uh, from people, hey, we're setting up a show or whatever. Either Joe can help them set mm -hmm. that up or I can. Or like Liz said, hey, I'm going to be out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. You know, it, it, uh, obviously the thing's going to play by itself. I, I, You know what? We all know what we're doing mm -hmm. on the network. And I think... Uh, I don't really, I'm not really into titles, so as long as we all work together, I think it's fine. Well, I'm just saying that... I, think, I don't know if there's I really think, a... I think you'll let us go over if we need to. <laughs> I think it's more I than mean, fine. There, there isn't a... I am going to get rid of this damn uh, 
I don't know. It, well, maybe it's not my call. I have to talk to Scotty about that. But the Frontier, Friday, yeah. whatever the hell it is, it just drives me nuts. Well, the old radio but, shows are, are fun. I like them. But um, sometimes the server gets stuck and just plays the same show each week. I used to have the, um, what was it? Um, oh, the Scary Saturday. What was the heck? It was a different, it was some kind of. Oh, I think the old time radio is fine. I just want to mix it up. Not yeah. always. Not and like, always. Uh, and, and I've been pushing you know, Lone Ranger. Maybe I, maybe we'll do some kind of. Maybe there's some radio episode that we could we could put on a. What was the the UFO one? Oh, gosh, I can't. Um, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. We could do uh, the Blob. We could do a, a number of different radio ones. I don't know, why not? Just put some spooky. Well, stuff I'm on pushing there. for getting Big Picture Science scheduled after my show. That is if Big Picture Science is still on ZTalk, which is a science program. It's a fantastic podcast, uh, hmm. science. It's not one of those where you're just going to uh, be uh, feel stupid listening to it. It's it's done very it's very much for the layperson, so they can figure out what's you know they can understand what's being told. And it's it's a terrific podcast. It's if I understand if I'm remembering correctly, it's on Saturday afternoons, three four o'clock, something like that, Central. Something like that. So if that could come on after my show, that'd be awesome. Sweet. So anyway, but you were saying something about measuring Giza and Khufu. Well, and uh, it's not numbers. just that. It, it, I just tend to look at the math, and I mm-hmm. look at the the numbers. You know, I have to run numbers and, and think of it in a rational way. So when you think of the Great Pyramid, obviously, I, I wrote an entire paper on this, and I I, I sent it to you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're not gonna have time to sit there right now and read the whole thing. I mean, I could cut to the to the heart of the matter, but I, I'm curious to know why you dispute the fact that um, it's possible mm-hmm. that perhaps a technology was handed to a civilization thousands of years ago by perhaps somebody from beings from another planet, a higher civilization, so to so to speak. What, why is that so hard to believe? I don't dispute that it's possible. I think that it is, it's exceedingly hmm. unlikely. Uh, and but I, given and the I fact s- that we ourselves have have set foot on other planets, why is it so hard to believe that perhaps others have as well? Well, <clears throat> first of all, space is exceedingly big. Space is really, 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 mm-hmm. really, really big. I mean, there isn't a word in the English language that can describe how big space is. And um, sure. One of the things that uh, I've heard other skeptics talk about, and what I think about, is that um, we've only been sending off any kind of signals, electronic signals, out into space for about 70 or 80 years. And the human being has been on Earth since, uh, for you know, those, those who uh, you know, know that the Earth is not 6,000 years old, uh, the human beings have been on Earth from it's either 250,000 years ago or 150,000 years. You know, it's, it's, it's somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And for for the you know for the la- for the vast majority of that, we haven't been saying anything. Nothing has been coming off the planet. It's nothing. And it's it's. I mean, the question we have is, how do they know we're here? How would they know? It's space is so big. That's why I sent you that. Uh, I sent you that clip by Carl Sagan, the pale blue dot, his essay, mm-hmm. which is just wonderful, and it's his essay about getting us to think about you know uh, what they did was I think it was one of the Voyager satellites that headed out you know that we sent off into space, and uh, 
you know, and it's yeah. I think one of them is uh, it's going to go near Pluto, or unless that's another satellite. But anyway, they, they're heading out there, and one of them that was just I think getting to the outreach, the outest part of the solar system. You know, getting out to those far reaches of it. And what they programmed the thing to do was to turn around, turn its camera around and take a picture of Earth, and then send that back to us. And when they sent that back, what we got was just a pixel. You know that's kind of in pale blue, and what looks like a you know it's a sunbeam of something that's just coming through space. And otherwise, there's just nothing around us. Just this little dot, this you know this little speck of nothing. And Carl was saying that every person that's ever existed, every living thing that we've ever known of, every tyrant, every saint, every sinner, every you know everybody that we know of has all lived on that little dot. And, and when I look at that, and, and you just look at how how lonely that place is, that tiny little thing, it's and how difficult it would be to find that. It just it just seems so virtually impossible, not impossible, but so so nearly impossible that anyone would even know we were here, let alone come and visit us and do you know and you know mate with us or help us build our pyramids or help us you know fly airplanes or whatever the the claims that have been coming out of those that are looking at things they see from the ancient world and they're looking at them not with the eyes of the ancient people who designed the things who, who made the pieces of jewelry who built the things not looking at it through their eyes looking at them through the eyes of modern people and seeing you know this looks to me like it's a it's like it's an airplane so Let's you know. It, maybe it is. Well, okay, f but it probably isn't. It's probably just this thing. You know, it means something else to the ancient person. Von Donneken, everywhere he looked, he saw aliens. He saw astronauts. He everywhere he looked, and the, there was that uh, place down in, I guess, in Mexico or whatever. There's the uh, sculpture on this relief sculpture on top of a sarcophagus or something, and it's got a guy that he says, "Well, see, he, you can tell he's in the capsule of some sort of spacecraft." I, really, you know, it's 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 as uh, it's it's just like he's got this Rorschach test where he just sees that's what he sees, and he doesn't, you know, I don't know. It's just so exceedingly unlikely, Kale, that they would even find us, that they would even know we were here, uh, and to get here. That would it just seems beyond uh, the possibilities, although it might be possible. What if just what if perhaps they were here before? They were a previous highly advanced civilization, kind of like us, mm -hmm. but achieved a level of advancement in such a way that they left, and in such a way that they left nothing behind that we could see. You know, it, it, the only things that we're looking uh, at is not necessarily. That's, well, that's not true because there's things all over the planet that can't be explained. Perhaps it was arguing for years ignorance. Ago. I mean, you just don't. Mean, you just don't know. Just because so you, you can't just, you can't deny something. Just because you can't explain it doesn't mean it's not explainable. And it, you know, well, I think and, science has already proven that it's possible to travel through space. Oh yeah, and 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 cross vast distances in, in a very short period of time through wormholes. And otherwise, I mean, uh, math no, has proven no, that it no, is possible. No, we just don't have the ability. Wormholes are just uh, at this. That's a theoretical thing. We haven't actually proved that it can be done. It's, they, it's, they've already run the math on it. I mean, when you, you, can you, run when the you math. watch uh, Itsukaku, 
yeah. discuss mm-hmm. parallel dimensions, string theory. Mm-hmm. They've proven that uh, that it is possible. Time travel, even even Einstein proved that time travel is possible. And by bending the fabric of space, it's it's possible to travel great distances in a short period of time. All I'm saying is, it doesn't. When you look at where we've come from, let's say 1900 to to now, 2012, mm-hmm. we were riding horses. Look where we are now. We've already mm-hmm. put a man on the moon inside of 112 years. I mean, so imagine a civilization that's even 500 years more advanced than us, a thousand, mm-hmm. perhaps 10,000, 100,000 years more advanced. I, I just don't think it's impossible. I don't when think it is either. When you look at the Hubble telescope pictures and everything mm-hmm. else that show all these other different galaxies and impossible places where life could exist, to think that we're it is oh, just... Oh, wait it, a minute it, now. Now, hang on. <laughs> You're splitting it into a, a false dichotomy here. Dichotomy here. It's, this is something that skeptics face, and I've had it happen to me all the time. They'll ask mm-hmm. me, do you believe in UFOs? And by UFO... We're defining it as the the what the way it's become known now as an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Okay, maybe there's the subset of maybe interdimensional craft, but let's just for the sake of this show, let's just say UFO means extraterrestrial spacecraft. And when somebody asks me if I believe in that, if I accept that, and I say no. I don't believe we've been visited by aliens. I don't believe that you know when somebody sees something up in the sky that they can't identify, that it makes it a you know alien spacecraft. I don't believe that. And then the next thing they'll say is, "Well, how can you think that there's no other life in the universe?" And I said, "I didn't say that. I said I don't believe they're visiting us. You know, it's it's it seems like it's very likely." That there's a lot of life in the universe. In fact, there might even be life in our solar system other than here on Earth. There might have been life on Mars. They're still looking to see if there was. There's Europa, which I'm not sure which planet that is the moon of. It might be Jupiter, I think. And then there's, I think, Titan of, uh, of um, Saturn. Those, I think those are the two moons that seem highly p- possible that there might be life on it now. I mean, right here in our solar system. But, you know, when, when we talk about aliens and UFOs and all this kind of stuff, there's a lot of assumptions that are made. You know, the, the first assumption is there's life on other planets, which I think is uh, a pretty safe bet that there is life on other planets. But the next assumption has to be, uh, or is, is that there's intelligent life on other planets. And then the next assumption is, is that intelligent life has figured out how to travel vast distances of space. And then the fourth assumption is, is that they've, they've mm-hmm. somehow managed to find us. You know, how did they know we were here? Like, but you're saying maybe they evolved from here and took off. But am I right? Is you're saying that that maybe that's one of the scenarios? Is that is that what you're saying? That that's a possibility. I, I think that's one possibility. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's I, a possibility. Why? Why not? Uh, when when I mean the. When you look at the evidence around the, the Earth, there's just certain certain things, and we can get into this. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that people like the Egyptians. Okay, there's mm-hmm. certain things that they were able to somehow accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yet their own technology. When you look at what they actually did, what they actually, how they actually lived, they there's no way they could have been at such a level to accomplish the things they accomplished in the time frame that they accomplished let alone know half the things they would have needed to know to accomplish these these 
great uh, structures and and um, everything else they did. It's just not possible. And that's not the only site. There's several sites across the planet, and uh, we can get into a few of them if you like. But why? I mean, is whether it be Baalbek, uh, sexy woman in Peru, Pumapunku, Tiwanaku. Mm-hmm. Why was? Why was? Why isn't it possible? Why, why, you know, you know, they weren't that much well, less intelligent I mean, than we are. Well, from the, this example, okay. Okay, well, you have you have a civilization, right, that mm-hmm. still used spears. They still mm-hmm. used knives. They, mm-hmm. they rode chariots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you're talking about a civilization that was able to somehow know every bit of information about the planet in such a way that they designed buildings around that. They were able to move multi, multi-ton stones. Mm-hmm. What? Um, with some kind of technology, but yet they were still driving chariots. So in order to create such a technology, where did they come from? That that's what I'm saying. That you know, look at us today. We got fiber optic cable. We got different things. These things are created in laboratories. I mean, mm-hmm. with highly sophisticated machining and equipment and microscopes and everything else that goes in with that exotic materials. But you're talking. Throwing spears, but you were able to accomplish feats that even with all of our technology today, our vast technology and our our vast knowing of how things work and, and hydraulics and cranes, we're still not able to understand how this was accomplished. Yes, we are. I I actually theorize that the pyramids weren't even built by the Egyptians. I'm just telling you, I theorize that the Egyptians found the pyramids already built. That's my theory. I just don't think that they, I think they were built by civilization far more advanced than they were. I'm not saying that they didn't come from this planet. I'm just saying that perhaps somewhere in the past, there was a highly advanced civilization that was able to do certain things that were able to harness an energy that we have long since lost or forgotten or has been suppressed from us on purpose. And I think that these things were able to be accomplished, not just in Egypt, but all over the planet. There, I mean... We don't have cranes today that can move 800 tons. We don't. We don't even have the the wherewithal to cut granite, a 70 ton stone of pure granite, highly polished, to the level of a contact lens, and transported 500 miles, lifted hundreds of feet in the air, and put precisely into place in such a way that it's not even 20 thousandths of an inch out of out of whack. How is that possible? We can't even do that today. And I can get into some of the math. Which uh, which is actually fascinating when you, when I really, when I really explain to you how, um, you know, when you listen to, the facts of it, and these are actual facts. So, but, but we do know how they built the pyramids. We do. Yeah, we know we know who oh. did it. How how was that? <laughs> it was it's, when you have do. when you have ten thousand people men working who, who, who every day the, for thirty years. Me, you can't do it today. So. Yes, you can. You never watched. You never saw. Yeah, no, okay. you never I, saw. I've done. I've done the math on it. You never saw Nova's this old pyramid, where they actually go through the process oh, of boy. putting together a smaller scale, but they're moving tons of stone oh, and putting small. it in place. And they tons. Yeah, and they uh, show like, you how you lift them into place, and they show you how you move them. The Egyptians even sure uh, when it's on a small scale that we can that we can actually handle. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. I, I could build a I could go outside right now and, and 
build you a small scale house out of out of you know popsicle sticks. You know what I mean? It's not that small. But, scale. but did they duplicate moving seventy, even a eight hundred ton block, precisely cutting it, like laser cutting it and moving it? Did they duplicate that or show how to do that? No. Who is it said that you build me a lever, a lever large enough, and I'll move the world? I think it was Euclid. I don't know. And I think it was Euclid. Uh, maybe, maybe it was Pythagoras. I don't know. It could be. It was. You know, they showed us how they did it. They, you know, they pulled sledges and they pulled statues. Okay, that okay, were, okay. Hold on, stop right there. So they pulled sledges with what? Ropes. Ropes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you make a rope? Uh, well, I don't know. Well, let's think about the materials available. Hold on, let's think about the materials available to the Egyptians, okay? It was theorized that they made ropes out of papyrus. You know what that is? Yeah, sort of. You can make well, paper papyrus out of it. Well, what they wrote all the ancient texts on. It was like a form mm-hmm. of paper. They, mm-hmm. they took these papyrus. They're, they're like a weed. Mm-hmm. They're like hemp. And they laid them out, they got them wet, and they soaked them, and they pressed them under stones, they let them dry, and that's what uh, they used to write on. Mm-hmm. Now I can't imagine. <laughs> it's just, it just. I, I'm, tr- I'm telling you, I've ran the numbers of the amount of people that would be needed to do this. It's just, there's no way you're going to make rope out of papyrus to move 70, 80 ton blocks. Just because Some you can't imagine miles. it doesn't mean it's not possible. These people did it. What I'm telling you is, you, you want, you want the claims. Okay, here, here's the thing. You want to be the skeptic and you want to say extraordinary. Claims require extraordinary evidence. Mm-hmm. Show me how they did it. Show me. Prove to me that it is possible. I want to see somebody recreate moving. No, I want to re. I want to see somebody recreate cutting a seventy-ton block of granite. Where were finely they- tuned, like 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 I said, like a contact lens, mm-hmm. polished, moved five hundred miles. Mm-hmm. And move uphill. I always get done with papyrus. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're talking sledges, okay? So let's get back to that. So, uh, so where did the wood come from? I'm just curious. Uh, they came from the space aliens. They flew from North America. Oh, uh, there's no trees. Anymore. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't I mean, obviously. The, you, I don't have all the individual answers, but um, you know, I'm laying out a certain amount of assumptions that have to be made. That to think that somebody else did this, and it's it, the Egyptians did it. You know, they they didn't have slaves that did it. They inscripted they conscripted people uh. that did it. They found the places that they housed them. They found they the didn't breweries have slaves. where they made the beer. No, according to the accepted slaves. version of history, uh, the three massive pyramids on the Giza plateau in Egypt were built by armies of Hebrew slaves no. for the glory of the no. pharaohs of Egypt. No, that's that's Cecil Beatlemill history. That's not actual history. Well, they weren't there at the time. No, it's not. Uh, It's not accepted theory. The Hebrews weren't in Egypt at that time. You know, the Exodus. You realize the Exodus didn't actually happen. There's no evidence that the Exodus actually happened. You you get a multitude of peoples going through the wilderness for forty years, and they don't leave anything behind. Well, it's just been it's been documented on on in ancient documents, yes. But I mean, you're taking the the fact of somebody writing this and documenting it down. Now, that doesn't mean that it actually happened, but it was documented that this took place. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't think so. I think the, I think we're finding I know for that the fact. Exodus didn't actually happen. I, I think that's only the Bible that you have that has that, and I don't think there's any other 
historical reference. But I could be wrong. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna stand on something that I don't know for sure. But uh, to my understanding, the Exodus didn't actually happen, and there weren't slaves building the pyramids. It was actual uh, people who were part of the Egyptian kingdom that were conscripted. Amazing. There must have been hundreds of thousands of them. Yes, I mean, there were. Just... There were 10,000 working every day for three 10, years. Yep. Oh, I think your numbers are way off. Okay. Maybe there were I've more. I've already done the math. It's not possible. It, 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 would, take, it would take over 100,000. 400,000? I'm telling you. I, I got all the math right in front of me. Hold mm -hmm. on. Let, you, know, you know what the odds are of... Mm -hmm. Well... Well, the anyway, go ahead. Crazy. <laughs> the odds must be I, crazy. When you read it, I mean, I could read the whole thing on air right now, but no, no, no. Huh? <laughs> Please don't. Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Please don't. I'll read it. <laughs> Please don't read about, it on the air. <laughs> hold on. I'll jump. To, I'll jump to this now. Just, just bear with me. Hold on. Hold on. We know from the geometry. There is a universal relationship between the diameter of a circle and its circumference, right? Mm -hmm. Considering this, the height of the pyramid at apex is 5,812 feet, 0.98 inches. And each side is 9,131 inches from corner to corner in a straight line. If the circumference of the pyramid is divided by twice its height, the diameter of the circle is twice the radius, correct? The result is 3.14159. You know what that is? That's pi. That's pi. Mm -hmm. All right. This calculation is accurate to six digits. So the pyramid is a square circle, and this pi was designed into 4,600 years ago. Pi is demonstrated many times throughout the pyramid. Mm -hmm. Other, hold on, here you go. Uh, other numbers are also related throughout. Pyramids also measure a straight line or 9,131 inches for a total of 36,524. Hang on a second, Kale. Hang on a second. Read that last part again because the Skype was garbling you. So I want to make sure people hear what you were saying. Just back up a few sentences and read it again. Okay. Other numbers are... are God damn this Skype. It's, okay. it's doing it Other again. Other numbers dude. are also repeated for... Each of the ah. Hang on. I'm not on? No, it keeps, it keeps skipping on you. Try it again. Try it now. Come in, Rangoon. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you keep you keep wigging out on my end. I can hear you, but uh, you keep wigging out on my end. So I'm wondering if you're wigging out on over the over the thing. So try it again. Uh, that's like a conspiracy theory right you, here. But well, as I get to the data, I start cutting out. Those will, <laughs> those who are conspiracy minded, will of course will think of that. There are <laughs> kill, there, kill. There are no conspiracies. There are no conspiracies. Trust no, can me. people hear me though? Can people I, hear? Me? I, I can hear you now. So the, the hurry before it screws you up okay. again. So we already discovered that you know they they found pi. Now listen, mm -hmm. to this other numbers also repeated throughout each of the great pyramids. Four walls. Okay. Mm -hmm. When measured on a straight line, are nine thousand one hundred thirty-one inches for a total of thirty-six thousand five hundred twenty-four. At first glance, this number may not seem significant, but move the decimal point over, and you get. 365.25. Modern science has shown us that exact length of a solar year is 365.24 days. Mm. But you need hmm. to move the decimal. It, 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 come on, man. You need to move the, the decimal. The average height of land above sea level, Miami mm -hmm. being the, hold on, 
Mm -hmm. And the Himalayas being high, mm -hmm. as you as can be measured by only by modern, it can only be measured by modern satellite and computers. It happens to be five thousand four hundred forty-nine. This is the exact height of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. Now, check this out. All four sides of the pyramids are very slightly and evenly bowed in or concave. This effect, which cannot be detected by looking at the pyramid from the ground, was discovered around 1940 by a pilot taking aerial photos to check certain measurements. As measured by today's laser instruments, all of these perfectly cut and, and intentionally bowed stone blocks duplicate exactly the curvature of the Earth. Of this bow is equal to the radius of the Earth. This radius of curvature is what Newton had long been seeking. So how did they know this stuff, man? That's what I'm saying. This is just craziness. It, it doesn't make sense. But how, how were they able to duplicate? Yeah, but how do we know this? they I mean, I knew? Go it. On, You're assuming they knew it. The Maybe they, you know. How do we know they knew you it? Say, Kale, why did they build? Um, You're talking about people that were driving chariots, throwing spears. I mean, come on, use what? your brain. Do you know that there was never any mummy or treasure ever found in the pyramid? There's no proof of that. Do you know there's not one hieroglyphic anywhere on or in the pyramid? Mm -hmm. They're all over everything all around it, but nothing on or in the pyramid, which makes me draw to the conclusion that, yeah, the Egyptians came, the Egyptians came along. They found the pyramids. I'm telling you, they did not build them, but they found them, and they made them their home, and they maybe they worshipped them or whatever. I mean, there's a whole theory I could get into about mm -hmm. how it's possible that they were used in some sort of... Uh, Call it an electrical grid, kind of what uh, uh, Nikola Tesla was working on, correct? Mm -hmm. A free energy system that he actually patented an idea on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you look at the words of Albert Einstein, a man should look at what is possible and not for what he thinks should be. And, um, and any man who reads too much and uses his brain too little falls into lazy habits of thinking. Yeah. So what what level would you fall into there, Jim? I'm I'm using my brain for thinking. So why did the uh, the Egyptians need to build uh, or the aliens need to build uh, up to I didn't the pyramids? No, no, no. Now, why did they need to the go through built? steps? I didn't say there that. are I'm steps that were gone through to get to the Great Pyramids. First, they did one that was a step pyramid because that worked. And then there was one that they called the bent or the broken pyramid. I'm not sure. I think it's the bent one. I don't one think so. the pitch, the pitch was too high, to and they had to un they had to lessen the pitch twice in order to keep the weight from being, uh, you know, it wouldn't hold the weight. So and then they found the wait a minute. This is the way to make a pyramid. This is the pitch to use, and this is the width. And you know, th they figured mm. it out. Why did they have to go through stages to Several get to it? You know what? The point is, you can't even get to. You know, I'll give you that. But first, explain how they were even able to cut the blocks and move them before we start building. They showed they were That's fairly where it easy starts. to cut. How do you cut the, stone the blocks that was used? in I such a way and move them? <laughs> Do you realize in the time frame here? It's claimed that 100,000 men built the pyramid. Change every few months over a period of 20 years. Now, this is, this is where I started doing the math. The fact that this meant that one block of stone had to be laid exactly in place every 4.2 minutes... 24 hours a day seems to be an overlook seems to be overlooked by recent Egyptologists. The fact that there wasn't this kind of manpower in Fourth Dynasty Egypt for almost 5,000 years around is, e is equally adorned. Not to mention this ridiculous theory about the stones being rolled on logs when the only trees local to ancient Egypt 
were date palms, a valuable food source so unlikely to be cut down and far too soft of a wood to withstand the height or the weight of such stones uh, for more than a few feet, let alone pushed up a ramp, a ramp which, I will add, would have uh, entailed more work than the construction of the pyramid itself and would have left behind around six billion pounds of construction garbage, none of which has ever been found. Awesome. Well, I'm just saying, do you <laughs> know you. the only trees that are local to Egypt that they would have had to chop down if you wanted to use the whole, they rolled them on log there? You know they're in Lebanon? Mm-hmm. In Lebanon. Now, you want to tell me that they were able to go to a quarry 500 miles away, laser-cut 70-ton granite stones... And, and put them on a boat. Yes. Yes, I want to tell you that. Yeah, they were able I, to have a boat that could that could hold 70 tons, really. That's what I want to tell you, yes. Where would they get the, the wood? I don't I, know. I, I, see, this, this is what I'm saying. You know how big of a boat that would have to be? I, bigger, bigger than the Ark, I would oh, imagine. Okay. Good God. <laughs> Look, Hale, I don't know. It's just... I, just, I think it's too far out well, there. I'm glad you just was... said that. No, yeah, that that's well, honest. You're right. Yeah. Well, you don't. I, I, and you know what? I don't know either. That's well, what I'm trying to. I'm not going to sit here and preach to the choir and say, "Well, yeah, aliens built pyramids." Yeah, I do, you know what? That sounds like stupidity to make a statement like. All I'm saying is, either there's only two possibilities. No, there okay? isn't. Yes, no, no, there no. is. Well, there might be more, but there's two, two rational possibilities. One being that either they were given some technology by by some higher power somewhere. Now here's the, here's my argument for this. When let's just exclude the pyramids. Do you realize that monumental megalithic structures, multi multi ton stone blocks, where it be Baalbek, I mean, I invite anybody to open up your your mail, your email. Mm-hmm. And look at, go to Google Images, and type in some of these locations. I did that last night. B A A B A A, Balbek B A A B E K Balbek. What's the sound? Look at the eight hundred ton blocks. I mean, it's just you go to Saxay Woman, Peru. Look at the uh, melted. I mean, the, the stones look like they were melted into place. Perfect blocks that look like they were melted like piece, uh, puzzle pieces. Just totally put into such a, such a, a per- precise way that you can't even get a playing card between them, which is one sixteenth of an inch. Mm-hmm. But yet, stones taken from one mountain plain all the way across the valley, hauled down a mountain all the way across the river and all the way up an entire other mountain and put into place in this wall. When was that built? That uh, particular one. Was it fifteen something? It's actually a woman. Uh, that one's in Peru. I I don't know the exact date. I have to go. Oh, I'm just being honest. I mean, it's called. It's spelled S A C S A Y H U A M A N. I know it sounds like sexy woman, but it's not. <laughs> it's sexy wama. Yeah, that's the way it's pronounced. It's in Peru. S a c s a y h u a m a n. Well, it's not even that. I asked that about the sexy woman place because there was some, you know, some Westerner that went there in 1540 and was watching the process being done. 
He saw the ropes that they used. He saw the the trenches being what? built. He's, I, I read it on Wiki th- last night, so I suppose take it with a, a a grain of salt. But it was on Wikipedia last. Well, the latest discovery mm-hmm. is in Go- it's called Gobekli mm-hmm. Tempe, G O B E K L I T E P E. This is believed to be they've done carbon carbon dating twelve thousand years old, megalithic stone structures. 12,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And this is in a, it's in Turkey. It's it's amazing. And I invite anybody to uh, Google image some of this stuff. Sure. It's cool it's, stuff. It's actually, I have looked at it. It's cool stuff. Especially, uh, you know, when you look at uh, Tiwanaku, Bolivia. Multi-ton perfectly carved stones with giant totems just like the ones on Easter Island. Mm-hmm. But yet nowhere That's close to each other. Mm-hmm. Puma Punto. They're not just like Go look at that. P-U-M-A-P-U-N-K-U. Mo- well, they're pretty close. Multi-ton laser-cut stones, boxes inside of boxes, designed, and they lock together in perfect position. Mm-hmm. So sharp that you could actually cut yourself, running your finger over. We can't duplicate that today. But you're talking about the Stone Age, and they were able to have laser-cut stone and do things in such a way, but yet these people were so... It's like Gobekli Tempe... Mm-hmm. They were so highly advanced that they could build these megalithic structures, but yet they didn't even have their own language. So come on. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm talking <laughs> rent language. I'm sorry. <laughs> Obviously, they were able to Obviously they were tell language. each other how to cut those laser No, they, they didn't that. have their own written language. But what I'm saying is either, when you look at these structures throughout the planet, they all perfectly align with the ley lines. Have you ever looked at uh, aeromagnetic gravity maps? Mm-hmm. I know I'm getting a little deep, but... Yeah. Aeromagnetic gravity maps were something that NASA did. Um, they did a geographical survey of the planet with satellites, and they were able to find the highly magnetic areas, and they show up as red. And uh, I invite anybody to look into that. It's pretty cool, actually. It's called mm-hmm. aeromagnetic gravity maps. When you look at the gravity or the, these magnetic ev- uh, these magnetic areas around the Earth, you start to notice when you look at these locations, they're all on highly magnetic points of the earth how did they know that I I, know. these these megalithic structures are put in such a way around the planet that it would lead one to believe that there was some just like Nikola Tesla I, I know it sounds crazy he but, is he was crazy well he was extremely smart though yeah, well, he was, and, sure. and I'm telling you that I believe in my heart that there was some kind of free electrical grid or some kind of electrical grid that that was set in place back then in such a way that it was able to well I, I mean I did I, I would have to send my paper out to everybody that I that <laughs> on this. I mean it, I went into all this uh, did aliens build a pyramid I can't you know I can't fully support that no. um, well that's but uh, when you look at some of the accomplishments that we've been able to accomplish mm-hmm. and then you look back in time at what they were able to do mm-hmm. that we can't duplicate today that has to tell you that at some point there was some highly sophisticated technology that was somehow lost either it was lost or it was removed either yeah. somebody came here and said I'm going to show you something and then when you're all done I'm going to take it with me or these structures were already built, and people like the Egyptians, 
came across them and built their own civilization around these locations because these locations were they they provided some sort of free energy to the planet and I think they all interlink somehow between uh, you know where they, whether you go to the Mayan temples or Egypt I mean the Great Pyramid is located at the exact center of the Earth's landmass that is its east-west axis corresponds to the to the longest land parallel across the earth passing through Africa, Asia, and America. Similarly, or similarly, sorry, wow, the longest <laughs> land <laughs> meridian on earth through Asia, Africa, Europe, and Antarctica also passes right through the pyramid. Since the earth has enough land area to provide 3 billion possible building sites for the pyramid, the odds of its having been built where it is are one in three billion. Mm. <laughs> when you look at the fact that uh, mainstream um, contractors today, you know, mm. when they build these huge buildings, they automatically they automatically build to compensate for the fact that um, these places are probably going to shift on average six inches every hundred years that's that's the mainstream goal of building these buildings because the buildings shift the land shifts do you realize that in all these years that the pyramids have been built they've mm -hmm. shifted less than half an inch well probably how is that possible the well, they might blocks. not be on the tech you know tectonic plate right you know they might be in a much more stabilized part of the earth Hey, well, the Great Pyramid cornerstones have balls and sockets built into them. Several football fields along the pyramid is subject to movement of expansion and contraction from heat and cold as well as earthquakes, settling and other such phenomena. After 4,600 years, the structure would have been significantly damaged without such construction. Recent construction experts call or called it... Uh, called in to offer suggestions on how the pyramid could have been built make reference to the settle factor of any large building they have stated that while the acceptable settle factor of a modern skyscraper is six inches per hundred years the simple fact that the pyramid using more construction material than 35 empire state buildings in my head has settled less than half an inch in 5,000 years mm. modern construction uh, has also affirmed that although for a large modern tower block to to a block the acceptable variance from completion or complete alignment of all four sides is six inches the four sides of the pyramids are out of perfect alignment by less than one quarter of an inch sounds like they picked a good place to hey. build them and they just that's why it's still there because it didn't it all i'm saying preserved. is obviously they knew the exact curvature of the earth they knew what pi was so they, they were smart. So the humans were far smart. Far more. Whoever built the pyramids and these megalithic structures. Mm -hmm. When you look at the book of Noah, have you ever... Have, well, no, you haven't read the Bible. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I've read the um, New Testament. He talks about being... And I know this sounds so... Well, you're you're gonna, gonna, he talks gonna, about being taken, not, taken up, right? Noah. I'm just saying, he, he claims he was taken into the heavens and shown the rounds of the earth. Uh-huh the rounds. Yeah. There's ancient maps that date back thousands of years that show Antarctica. They're perfectly mapped out. They show every continent on the planet mm -hmm. at a, at a pre-ice age state. 
So somewhere, what I'm trying to say is somewhere along the lines, you know, people started to believe that the earth was flat and you'd fall off the end. What I'm saying is people lost this technology. Somewhere way back, people were far more highly advanced than they currently were in the 1400s. Well, now you're talking the dark and, ages. And even earlier. Somewhere this technology was lost. So supposedly every 3,500 years. Huh? 3,500 years what? What's that? I didn't say anything. Oh, every 3,500 years, supposedly, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What? I think, I thought Skype, Skype cut out. Every oh. 3,500 years, supposedly this planet comes around that causes this major catastrophe. Oh, please. On the planet. No, no. That's been documented. It's been documented. Well, documented go back by and who? Look, at the, look at the documentation. It's documented by whom? There's if a planet been documentation... Is uh, Several tribes and several civilizations oh, the across the planet for the thousands of years have reported this great flood that took place. In the um, well, you know, you realize it, right? I mean, it's not just in the Bible; it's, it's been documented. Yes, the it, yes, I was just reading about it last night. The Black Sea. They've proven that flood took no, place. They haven't proven that the entire world was covered with water, as the biblical story of Noah. What they've shown is that the Black Sea was a much smaller, freshwater entire world. I'm saying that, that a great flood. Yeah, well, great floods happen. You know, there was when we were coming out of the last ice age and or the last glacial period but, uh, when they were melting away, sea levels rise high enough to to fall into that area where the Black Sea is, and it turned a freshwater lake into a saltwater lake and a much bigger one. So, yeah, just, well, I'm talking. I'm talking a, a very rapid rise in sea level three three hundred to three thousand feet. Very rapid rise. I don't something think there's place. that much water on the planet, is I, there? I'm just telling you, something took place on a catastrophic level that caused caused everything to melt in a very fast rate of uh, a very short time span. Yeah, I don't. There, there's that, documented proof of this. Well, I mean, they've, they've found megalithic structures off the coast of Japan that are 300 feet deep in water. They're finding civilizations all around the planet that were suddenly and drastically devastated by water. I mean, this this mm -hmm. just happened. Now, when you take into consideration the fact that what would happen, just hypothetically, if, if we were hit with a massive solar flare, or, or uh, something from outer space, maybe a giant meteor hit the Earth, mm -hmm. do you realize it, it would probably it, it would cause mass devastation? So I believe that this is possible. There's other people that believe mm -hmm. that the Earth is just like a person, and the Earth or expands and contracts. And perhaps if there was a sudden contraction of the Earth, you know, when you think of all the underground water that we have all over the planet, what would suddenly happen if all of a sudden the Earth contracted? All that water would—I mean, we would everything would be underwater in a short period of time. Well, I'm not saying that 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 happens, but I'm—it's a theory that floats. I around. would I would need to consult a geologist on that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, I sure, can see how that's know, possible. You know, comic book artist Neil Adams thought that the Earth is getting larger. <laughs> say, well, you're a comic book artist. Uh, you're not a geologist, because uh, the geologist would well, disagree that's, with that's you, I think. Well, that's a fact that the Earth is expanding. <laughs> is it? That's, that's always been a known fact. It's been a known fact. Known by whom? Well, yeah, when you take... Let's just say, take the Earth, okay? Okay. Take all the continents. Everybody knows how they fit together like puzzle pieces, correct? Sure. Kind of now, if you drift. took the whole Earth mm -hmm. and you shrunk it down, you made mm -hmm. it much smaller, all of a sudden all these continents come into place. Mm -hmm. They all lock together. So 
I, I think that at one point in the Earth's early lifespan, when it was developing, it was much smaller, and as, as whether it be through the core or however that works, and granted, yeah, I'm not a geologist, but if the Earth started to expand, mm -hmm. it would pull the continents apart and things would be more like they are now. Well, that's assuming, I, I just think that... That's assuming that the continents are, are fixed position. There's continental drift, which they've established, and that's why the continents have split apart. You know, there was a time when the Earth was bigger because it was coalescing, and that was you know in the, in the coalescing period where it was hot matter that was just coming together in this ball and creating this the gravity that you know that created the Earth. That uh, well didn't create the gravity, but you know the gravity for all that mass. But yeah, it was bigger then, but it was a hot ball of stuff, and uh, you know just just I I yeah I'm not sure about this. Like I said. I'd have to consult a geologist on this. Well, sure. All I'm saying is, I, I see, this is the thing. Either somebody came here at some point and gave somebody some kind of technology to jumpstart life. Mm -hmm. Kind of laid things out. Instead of, I mean, when you look at all these different civilizations mm -hmm. and claim that the gods came down. You know, the, when you look, have you ever looked at the ancient Hindu text, the Vimanic Astrasta, no, where they talk I, about these Vimanas I that can, were able to fly? Yeah, They give yeah. detailed instructions, how they were built, how they flew. Mm -hmm. It's called the Vimanic Astrasta? Yeah, I was just reading about those when I was looking into this ancient That's an ancient Hindu aliens. text. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. All I'm saying is... I think that we were highly evolved either at some point prior or somebody came here. When, when you have several different civilizations across time that claim to have uh, made contact with, you know, fiery birds or birds that came down or flying chariots that were on fire or gods that descended from the heavens. Mm -hmm. When you look at these different things of how people would describe such as Egypt, how would they describe, they wouldn't know how to describe a flying saucer other than a, a, a burning chariot that came down from the sky. I mean, it makes sense that you would explain things in such a way. But yet, all these different civilizations, whether it be the Indians, the Incans, or the Egyptians, all have similar stories. There are also hieroglyphics that are carved showing such things as helicopters, flying saucers. Have you seen those? Have you seen those those hieroglyphics yes, that are carved like that? but again, that? I, was, I was talking about the, the Von Donick and Rorschach test. Looking at it through modern eyes, you're not seeing it the way they saw it. And you're saying, boy, that looks like a helicopter. Well, okay, fine, but that's not what it looked like to them. You know, it's it's not what that represented to the people who made them. It's, it's you know, to, to spot this kind of stuff, why couldn't they, if a, if a ship of some sort landed in Egypt and they had a chance to look at it, why couldn't their artists have drawn a picture that would have been like it? Not just a stylized, highly interpreted version of that could be what that is. Why couldn't oh, there's they? There's a picture. There's, there's Surely a carving Surely human there beings were smart soft. enough to be able to figure that out. They could figure these things out. You know, it's it. You know, it's just to think that because they were ancient, that they weren't smart enough to be able to. You know, this is a round shape, and I can draw a round shape, and I can. You know, I I don't know. Oh, I'm not saying they were idiots. 
No, oh, they I'm weren't. not saying they're like running around going, uku, 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 uku. Well, if you go far enough back, maybe chest. they were. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm not going there. I, I think, yeah, the Egyptians were extremely, yeah, highly, highly smart people, but they were definitely brilliant. not smart enough to uh, build the pyramids. You don't think so? I guarantee well, it. It's just not, it's just not valid. It. I'm sorry, but the, you know. Well, the science does, I mean, when you look at the facts, the, whether at, it be the math, yeah, you're telling me that the that the Egyptians knew so much that the odds of building it right where they did was one in three billion. Not to mention that they knew what pi was. They knew, I mean, everything is right to the number. How? Yes. I mean, now, yes, granted, I'm I could, telling you that. they could probably tell how many days were in a year by, you sure. know, watching the stars or whatever. But they knew the exact curvature of the Earth? Well, there was some uh, Egyptian, I wish I could you think You think they really had the technology the to build the pyramids round. in such a way that every wall is slightly convex to the exact curvature of the Earth? Nah. I, I mean, know. come on, man. Yeah, I don't know. You can't even do that today. <laughs> yes, they can. Look, uh, there was some... Uh, God, I wish it's I had the name. Not I possible. wish I had no, the name. No, what I'm saying is you but, have to have an open mind that this technology... What? This technology what? Kale? Well, it helps. I can't even open yeah, my mouth. <laughs> uh, what happened? I yes. lost you for a little bit. I'm here. This technology what? Oh, I just said... uh. I, I don't know. My my mouse, I, I have to jump up and get another battery. <laughs> Just give me one minute. Wait a minute. The battery suddenly went dead. It was a brand new battery that he put into that, and oh, speaking to a skeptic, drain, drained the battery of its power. No, that can't be it. Oh, wait a minute. He's going. I shouldn't say anything. All right. All right, he's back. What were you saying? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What? <laughs> I was saying, your, your, go ahead, run your, your mouth. What'd you say? I said your your battery was draining. And I said it was a brand new battery in this mouse. I just put it in there and talking to a skeptic oh, for an hour drained it. Oh, it really was. <laughs> All right, now I can jump back in the chat room. I don't even know what people are talking about. I'm not even. All I'm saying is, um, the chat room. there's know. a lot of interesting facts that surround history. When you look at some of these different mm -hmm. locations throughout the planet, mm -hmm. could be Pumapuku. Baalbek, mm -hmm. uh, Tiwanaku, Egypt, uh, Stonehenge. Do you realize that Stonehenge isn't the only henge on the planet? I mean, they found these henges all over the planet. Yeah. Multi, multi ton stones that were somehow cut, sharpened, moved hundreds of miles. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about people that, especially in England, they didn't have, they weren't even riding chariots then. They were walking. Mm -hmm. You're talking hunting, hunter gatherers. They were just right? stronger. Yet they up. were able to move these. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, at well, least on average it at takes. Least, I mean, trust me, I'm not going to get into it because it gets pretty deep. I put it in my paper. But yeah. when you consider the fact, when you look at the ramp theory, just the ramp theory, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, the Egyptians built these ramps and they moved these stones. Okay. Well, given the excluding the fact that they would have to go all the way to Lebanon to get the wood first of all. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then you would have a constant flow of wood, not to mention because the rollers would obviously get worn out because I mean, obviously they're precisely cutting and putting a block into place every four and a half minutes yep. that are 2.5 tons. They just they just averaged out that, uh, well, doing the math, I sat here and I actually trigged out mm -hmm. the pyramid. Mm -hmm. I took the angle of the pyramid, I trigged it out just at the longest possibility for what the ramp would have been, which is just really stupid. I mean, that's not even fathomable. But when I sat there and did that, I realized that, okay, given the, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give you this. For every ton, it would take 
figure a ton is 2,000 pounds. Each man could what? Move 100 pounds? So you're talking how many men to move one ton? 20? Well, perhaps, unless they have you know tools to help them. They have a mach okay, simple so machine just, that just will help. 20 men, each man pulling or pushing whatever, 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. now, now, given the fact that they're not just pushing it a couple feet. I mean, they're going like a long ways. We're talking like some of the quarries, you know, for for a lot of the limestone and whatnot, were as close as five, six hundred yards away. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the bigger stones, the granite and stuff, came from five hundred miles away. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so we'll take twenty men per one ton. So now we're talking most of the stones they figure are two and a half tons, and, and so I just did an average. Okay, of two of a, two and a half tons. How many men would it take to move these stones and this thing and that thing? Let alone a lot of them were as much as 70 tons. When you start looking at the ramp theory mm -hmm. and you trig out the pyramid and draw the ramp, do you realize that by the time you have to put each man, you figure a meter a meter apart, that's three feet. So given the fact that they had these giant ropes, not that I know where the hell they got the material to make the ropes <laughs> the first place, but let's just say they had the ropes. To, by the time that block got up to the top, mm -hmm. men would be falling off the end of the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> because there would be so many of them in such a mm -hmm. line. If you do the math mm -hmm. and you, you stretch all these men out in a line, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's say they're pulling this block or whatever. They would be falling off the end. Now, you can't tell me now they're pushing them up the up the pyramid. Granted, every four and a half minutes, you got a block going into place. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking teams and teams and, I mean, thousands of men. You're talking, man, I'm telling you, I you got to read that paper. <laughs> I should just, I should have just read, read the whole damn thing on air, and then we should no. just <laughs> come on. I know, <laughs> but I mean, I went into the wood, the metal. Mm -hmm. Well, you promised me there would be. I went I would, into the food. You promised me what, I wouldn't be required to do take? math. I mean, when you sit there and you think about, okay, yeah, all the yeah. people to to float down the river on mm -hmm. the boats, mm -hmm. all the people that it would have taken to cut, polish hone these stones then you got to have people that are sharpening them right people mm -hmm. that are replacing rebuilding them not to mention all the people moving the stuff people making the ropes people that are going all the way to Lebanon to get the wood so you got that constant flow of people coming and getting the wood then you got all the people that are sitting there uh, growing crops and nursing the crops and working the fields and it's just man when you really start looking at the numbers it's just not even realistic it would have just taken it's it's stupid mm -hmm. you realize there's no like I said there was no mummy ever found in the pyramid there's mm -hmm. no proof it was ever used as a burial chamber I mean you're talking Khufu I just mean because the mummy King was, Tut was found in the Valley of the Kings but there's no yeah, way but they didn't know where the the, huh? the the robbers didn't know where the the tomb was well I think there was it was broken into was it broken into at all I'm trying to think of the King Tut story I don't think it was ever. I think it was an un. Ah, geez, it might have been tampered with, but I don't think it was plundered as uh, other tombs had been. So, oops, nice sound. <laughs> that was me hitting the microphone. Uh, well, I don't know, Kale. I think manpower, time, and human intelligence figured it out. And that's, really? That's yep. Yeah, I'm not an expert on how the how they were built. You know, it's, but. You give them, you know, the manpower, the time. Uh, you know, they can't even explain how they got the giant granite sarcophagus into the Great Pyramid. 
given the fact that it's bigger than the actual door. Have you looked <laughs> for the ex? I mean, have you looked for the explanation? Have you, have, you know, write an archaeologist. You know, write to. There's Kenneth, several write of them to out Kenneth there that, that support this theory. Write to Kenneth Fader and say, Kenneth. How did they do this? It'd be like writing to you. I'm what? just saying that no, for be, every normal archaeologist, archaeologist writing to me, you wouldn't get it. And I would say, well, I would I would consult an archaeologist. You can't see the argument for suppressing high technology. You can't see the argument for that. I always get uh, a little weir, uh, wary whenever somebody starts talking conspiracy theory. Well, so, no. Well, it's just... Well, that's what it second. would have to be. Just think about it? this. If, if, just say, if... Let's say the oil companies started out, automobiles were in place, things are starting to happen, right? The internal combustion engine, oil, we need all this, we need fuel, we need gas, we need power, power plants. Mm -hmm. What if just suddenly, and this is just a hypothetical, what if suddenly the government came across some long forgotten technology that was free energy, like a UFO? Do you think they would ever give that to the public? Like right now, do you think they would ever come out and say, Okay, we found a UFO. You know what? They're not going to do that now because if if they dare let out the fact that they have a free energy system in their possession, the entire world would fall into chaos and anarchy. The the entire uh, uh, economy would absolutely collapse. You're talking about suddenly putting airlines out of business, oil companies, automobile companies, everything and anything that uses combustible fuel would just be done. Mm. It would cause mass chaos. I mean, you're talking multi, multi, multi billion dollar corporations. There's no way they're just going to bend over and say, okay, would you shut the doors? They're going to suppress that technology for as long as they possibly can. It's a good thing there's no such thing as free energy. Really? Tesla discovered it? No, sure he did. Well, <laughs> have you ever read the papers on it? No, i got to say I haven't. Was that a phone ring? Well, then you need to do that. It is a oh, phone that's, ring. That's my phone. Sorry, it's in the background. I can't. I can't really get to it. That's okay. Right <laughs> I, th I thought it was me. Uh, yeah, that's what I could tell you. Kill. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's just. It's too fantastic. I'm sorry. I'll. It's just. I'll read your paper. <laughs> but it's just. I just think that um, arguing from ignorance. I can't understand how they would do it. Would is. You know, they're just too. They just weren't good enough to be able to do it. I just don't take that as a good argument. Uh, you know, they knew math. They knew it. there was a some ancient uh, Egyptian scientist of some sort, or maybe not a scientist, but anyway, he he figured out that the Earth was round by measuring shadows at different parts of the Egyptian Empire or kingdom or whatever it was at that point. He just measured shadows at noon on some day, and he said, "Ah, the Earth is round." or spherical and uh, he had about the right size of it I wish I could remember his name learned about it in Carl Sagan's uh, Cosmos who talks about it did I lose you Kale? no right here <laughs> he disappeared Listen. from it <laughs> no <laughs> always makes me nervous you were going to do it at the top of the show no, so, I'm, I'm just, uh, I think you should go online and look at uh, Tesla's free energy system that he both uh, not only invented, but put a patent on. I will look at that. Tesla's it's pretty interesting. Free energy. I will look at free that. Pretty interesting, yeah. Lost inventions of Nikola Tesla. Free energy receiver. He came up with uh, a lot of interesting things, and I think that, 
obviously you're not just going to get free anything any day mm-hmm. soon you know it's just not going to happen they, they aren't giving away anything for free <laughs> anywhere <laughs> unless it's like a free breakfast on your birthday or something hell, my free checking isn't even free if you if you really came out with some kind of free or a new technology and said I can provide free energy mm-hmm. to the entire planet, mm-hmm. you would either find wound, find yourself dead, or your invention would just suddenly disappear. And I think that's a lot of what happened to Tesla after he died. A lot of his papers up and just disappeared. And that's a known absolute fact. Most of his notes, everything was uh, gone. I don't know. Because you had a lot of, you know, the world is being destroyed by greed. That's mm. that's exactly what's happening. Whether it be pollution, global warming, whatever you want to call it, it's being mm. destroyed by greed on every possible level. I mean, uh, it's a known fact. I mean, people are greedy. People are struggling, but, you know, banks want more money. Everybody wants more money. I want, I want, I want, I need, I need. But, uh, boy, somebody desperate's trying to call me. Jeez. They probably but, need uh, some money. I, you know, I just think that somewhere, somewhere along the lines, mm-hmm. thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. we somehow possessed this technology, or were able. We were, we used this, we harnessed this, this energy somehow. I do believe uh, there was a great book written called "The Giza Power Plant." I know uh, Dave talked about that last night on his show, and mm-hmm. it throws out an interesting theory how the Giza Pyramid was actually a power plant that was able to harness energy, and I think that. When you look at some of the locations, whether it be Stonehenge, we do you realize we have we have monumental structures right here in the United States? Yeah, there's uh, mounds built by the Native Americans. Yeah, absolutely. It's called mm-hmm. Snake Snake. Uh, I can't. I mean, I have it here in my yeah. notes. I, I've done some little bit of research. I haven't really looked much into that mm-hmm. particular location. I, but uh, I'm aware of it. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a bunch of them. There's a huge one. I got a book right here. That's got them in here somewhere. But uh, looking yeah, through a book on air is oh, Serpent <laughs> Mound. <boring>. That's what <laughs> Serpent Mound in, mm-hmm. in Ohio, and they yep. dated yep. back to 800 BC. Serpent Mound. Serpent Mound. Mm-hmm. somebody when the president was giving away free land. Uh, mm-hmm. Rode himself out in the wilderness. Said, "Here's my land," and so what the hell is this? <laughs> hey, it's a mound. So, pretty interesting. I, I, I just, I'm not. I, I can't. Uh, I just not so close-minded that when I go outside, I look up and I look at the Hubble space images. And mm-hmm. when people say aliens don't exist, it says, you know, my my argument is, look how far we've come in a couple in a, in just a hundred years. We've already put a man on another planet. So why is it so inconceivable to think that perhaps there's another? civilization far more advanced than us mm-hmm. that is able to somehow traverse time and space in such a way to come here and, you know in a short period of time I think they've already proven that uh, well Einstein was uh, discussed how time travel was possible but we didn't have the technology to do mm-hmm. so and uh, when you look at Michio Kaku talking about string theory and parallel mm-hmm. universes and wormholes and uh, it just some of the greatest physicists in the world, when you look at the people that honestly and truly believe in UFOs, I mean, it, whether it be all the ex- ex-astronauts, Edgar Mitchell. Well, that's one. Jimmy. Well, that's one. Then that's you one. have uh, what's what's the other one? Um, oh God, <laughs> space. And, I don't know. I've been on the air a long time. That's um, okay. <laughs> not not just Edgar Mitchell. He was one of the Apollo astronauts. Um, yeah. yeah. Dave, been, I guarantee it. Dave would know. Guy and all that. 
Uh, you know, he's not a paranormal guy. No, he was. No. Uh, he Edgar just Mitchell recently died, was, actually. Edgar Mitchell. Oh, you're talk, thinking of the other guy. The other one. Uh. uh <laughs> Redfern. No, is not him. Because I, I went through that list of people you sent me. <laughs> the list of astronomers that have had sightings. And uh, you know, I looked through that list. I examined it, and only two of the names on there. Could I find anything about them being astronomers? None of the other Gordon ones. Gordon Cooper, sorry. Gordon Cooper? The guy that used to call Gordon Letterman? <laughs> Remember when you used to call into Letterman's show? That was awesome. Gordon I don't know if Cooper. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, Gordon Cooper, you should see, go on, go on YouTube and type in Gordon Cooper UFOs. Do you realize he wanted to have not only chased these things in jets, <laughs> But that he was in a, in a highly classified operation as a test pilot. Mm -hmm. And he was in the desert of California. I can't remember if it was Edwards Air Force Base, wherever it was. Mm -hmm. And a UFO came and landed right out there in the desert. He talks about it. And the cameramen that were supposed to be filming his flight bypassed his plane and started running out to film this. Uh -huh. And uh, I don't know. You should, you should listen to him talk. It's pretty interesting. But there's been a lot of very famous, uh, very reputable people from presidents to uh, senators. Mm -hmm. To generals, mm -hmm. pilots, yeah. police I mean, you officers. Go. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> could go on and on. When you look at the highly ranked people, whether it be Harry S. Truman, Kennedy, mm -hmm. J. Edgar Hoover, mm -hmm. um, Senator Barry Goldwater, none of which General were. Douglas MacArthur, Jimmy Carter, or, you know, let's see, yeah, President well, Ronald Reagan, Mikhail Gorbachev. I mean, yeah. Well, well, let's. Jimmy Carter doesn't think he saw a spaceship. Jimmy Carter, mm -hmm. no. Jimmy Carter saw something. Oh, no, I know. I've heard. I'm just saying they they believe that it's possible. Well, I believe it's possible, Kale. <laughs> it's, it's. But then, if you believe it's possible, why do you why do you not believe that it's possible that they they helped our civilization then? Because there isn't any good strong evidence that they did. You're just inferencing from a standpoint of the. There's no way these ancient people could be smart enough to do this. And there's no, you know, it's, you know, but there isn't any, where's the smoking gun that shows that an alien helped them move the blocks, or an alien helped them cut them, or the See, alien. I could, you know. I could turn that around. Where's the smoking gun evidence to say they didn't? Well, you know. There's a lot of evidence out <laughs> well, there. Well, the burden there's, of proof is not on the drawings. person saying that it's. Drawings, well, you, you have drawings, you have documented evidence of people that have claimed things written down different events that have taken place uh, when you look at the feats that they were able to accomplish mm -hmm. when you when you look at some of the technology that they have found found um, that date back yeah what was that damn clock I can't remember see another thing I can't remember <laughs> they found this ancient thing I know I wasn't I wasn't really prepared to go this deep for this long I thought we we're gonna have an hour and then we were gonna nah, talk I would just plan on discussing the pyramid tonight but <laughs> Do you, uh, well, uh, uh, do you want to talk movies? <laughs> movies? Not really. I've been on the air all night. Uh, well, do you really, I, I have a pretty cool document, though. It was mm -hmm. uh, supposedly, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. it's supposedly this declassified document of a briefing that President Reagan got on UFOs. Mm. Pretty cool. It's a pretty cool read. Yeah. It's uh, from uh, the person called the caretaker that was taking notes throughout the whole briefing. 
and mm -hmm. it's uh, him being debriefed on the UFO situation shortly after after he gets into office. It's pretty interesting, but maybe we can do that next time you have me on, show, on your show. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe. Well, there was a couple of things that you sent me um, some clip of uh, of a fellow who found some object that supposedly fell from a UFO. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. Bob Smith, and I did send you the explanation for what that thing was. They're, they they couldn't find any explanation. Yeah, they can. <laughs> How could they? When they when they sent it to mm -hmm. Los Alamos Laboratories, they mm -hmm. ran mm -hmm. all the data on it and said there was no possible way that you could combine those metals together, let alone anywhere found anywhere here on the Earth. Yeah, there is. What you do is you get yourself an industrial grinder that you will grind metal into. And what happens? You talking is that, slag? Yeah. Well, I guess. And what it does is it accumulates within the housing of the machine, and it uh, hardens and it creates a, a teardrop-shaped kind of thing, with these ridges that point up, sort of like a pineapple, but much what? more fine. Yeah, Kale. I work in a machine shop. Do you realize? Yes, Kale. That's it's yes. not even. It's I, I, sent, I work at a machine I sent shop. You I know the all article. about that. I sent you the piece. I have grinders. Nothing <laughs> accumulates in there. I sent you the piece. Nothing sure. accumulates in a grinder. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying you're wrong. Boy, oh boy. You <laughs> just deny. No. Look, Kale. I, I believe that the someday. I'm telling you, you didn't read. What someday I you're going to die in a stag. Just don't believe him. I'm going to read your paper. On you're going to be a person that's going to get stuck here because you're not, not, not going to read the thing I sent you explaining the thing that Bob Smith. Found. I will watch your video. I will watch your video. No, I, I will watch video. your video. It's, I'm, I'm it's not a video. It's, it's a it's an article written in Skeptic Magazine okay. by Daniel Oxton. Oh, of course. <laughs> what do you mean, of course? I'm just saying, skeptics will find. Answers. Anyway, yes. Around yes. Skeptics every, will no, find it's not answers. answers. They just look for any everything. They will find explanations. First, we explain whether or not it happened in this world before we look for explanations if it happened out of this world. Um, he made the point. You ask the right expert. He told the story about how somebody who had called into some coast to coast type show. I don't know if that was what it was. And he was there was a psychic as a guest. And the person oh called boy. in and says they're worried. They drive at night, and as they drive home, the street lights go out. The highway lights go out as they drive by him. Well, you're talking coast, first of all. Have the people that call. I don't know if that was that show. I don't know if that was that show. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I'm setting this up. So the <clears throat> the psychic starts giving him some kind of crap about oh mm -hmm. you're tuned in with all this malarkey and um, and then the show to its credit from at least from what I understand in the article kind of came to a stop the psychic was told to kind of be quiet because people were calling in who understood what was going on they were car mechanics and they were saying you need to re-aim your headlights you've got them aimed up too high you know they're misaligned and the light is hitting the sensors on the street lights and that's why they're going off and oh, there's an answer. So the point being made by the person who wrote the article, you ask the right expert, and that's when they said, "That's what Bob Smith found. He found a piece that came." You out realize I'm looking at this, Robert. and this looks nothing like the artifact. Looks like a, mo a melted piece of garbage. Mm. Looks nothing like the artifact. Are you looking at each of the pictures that they have? I'm looking in there? at detail A, detail B. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Looked at the grinder, which. Um, now who's got the closed mind? 
I'm just teasing. I'm just telling you, I work in a machine shop. I know the equipment. But this, what it this is. looks nothing like the artifact. It's, it's an explanation that seems far more plausible than some UFOs said, hey, have this. Even though they were able to find a material inside the artifact that isn't even local to this planet. No, they Even Los Alamos said there's, there's material in there that we can't even identify. And that just came from a machine shop. I don't think that's what it said. Yeah, go back and uh, check it out. Don't think that's what it said. I think they were saying those kinds of combinations, I, but I could be wrong. So, Kale, <clears throat> before Thanks, I let sir, you go, for me on. <laughs> before I let you go, yeah, I had a good night. <laughs> before absolutely, I yeah, I, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, I know you know you what? Do. Come up with something that you really want to get into. Like tonight, you you kind of wanted to touch on this, so I kind of jumped all over the place. But if <laughs> there's okay. any one particular thing you want to discuss, mm-hmm. um, I'll be happy to come on. Yeah, just, just give me a heads up. Hey, you know, what do you think this week we could discuss? Whatever. Man, we Ball can do that. But, or, uh, Kale, I've talked to you. Yes, I told you that when I have guests on, I give them the heads up so they can think about it. I ask mm-hmm. for a movie recommendation from my guest. And it can be any movie you want to recommend. Fantastic. So what do you want to recommend? Paul. Paul. I have not seen that yet, but it's it's in the queue. Give hilarious. Us, give us the lowdown on Paul without spoiling it, if you can. Since we're talking aliens tonight, I'll, I'll recommend Paul. Definitely go watch it. It's, mm. it's very, very entertaining. Same guys from, um, what is that zombie movie? Shaun uh, of the Dead. The brilliant Shaun of the Dead. Those guys from Paul. Shaun of the Dead. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yep. same same cast. So mm-hmm. um, and, I, I and think it really fuzz. is. It's very, very funny. Made me laugh a lot. Heartfelt yeah. movie. It was, it was great. Yeah, my wife and I are big fans of uh, Simon Pegg, and we we just we love uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. We think those are just brilliant movies. Just yeah, absolutely. But you'll you'll love Paul. It's yeah, very I would imagine that it, we're gonna you know at least like it, you know, because it's got at least it's got Nick Frost and Simon Pegg going for it, and we like them, and it's yeah. So I, it is in the queue. We will be watching Paul at some point. As soon as I do, I'll let you know. Oh, he went dead silent again. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, obviously I have a kid that just says, uh, have you seen this movie? I said, no. And he goes, well, I'll download it. I'm like, I, I don't ask any questions. He just hands me a DVD and it's HD quality and perfect. I'm like, oh, sweet. I know nothing. Yeah, I couldn't tell you last time I've been to the movies, actually. It's probably been a few years. I know I nothing either. That's why I said I'm just handed a DVD and I watch it. I can tell you. It was a couple weeks ago we saw the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, we don't get the movies as much as we hmm. like to. It's uh, it's not a cheap adventure, and it's you know wrangling everybody. Even though it's well, just I definitely three haven't. I mean, uh, obviously my wife's been really sick, so we just stayed near the house. And, yeah. And I've just yeah. been working a lot, and whenever <clears throat> I get a free free chance, you know, I try to do some research and read a little bit about this or that, but. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, well, that's good. The house right now, so. I want you to pick up a copy of Frauds, Myths, and Mysteries, Sci- <laughs> Science and Pseudoscience and Archaeology. I want you to get that one. That's my hey, Ken- I'm, I'm open I'll, I'll read both sides of the argument. That's that absolutely. The science side and the other side. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, you're always going to find somebody that argue the contrary on any issue. That's it true. doesn't matter what it is. That's true. There's Even some- if a goddamn UFO landed right on the White House lawn, it was on every network station that <laughs> you're going to have somebody say, "Don't believe it." Well, you know, it's like those people who can't believe that uh, the buildings are brought down by 
by Jets on 9 /11. Oh boy, let's not even get started. <laughs> I guarantee you, that's, if there wasn't a, video footage of the Jets oh, flying people... into the towers themselves, people would be saying, Yeah, oh, yeah. or uh, Pearl Harbor, and <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, and on. Lincoln's assassination, the and, landing, and, you know, and the Bilderbergs, and, and the Illuminati, and, and all of those people. They're all. Shows on those things. <laughs> they're all in charge of everything. Well, I believe in that now. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I do believe in it. <laughs> I, you know, I yeah, don't know I do. how you find peace in I, your I world. I do believe there's a shadow government. I think anybody that doesn't think that is crazy. Well, I think that anybody government. that thinks that like is crazy. Bank. No, I don't. I don't think they're crazy. Well, I think corporations run the planet anyways. Yes, it's all some not run not by some eastern syndicate. It's not uh, the president. Good night, Adolfo. Good night. I'm just saying, corporations have no fact that corporations run the I just played the good night here, Doctor. Not like uh, Obama runs a planet. <laughs> no. He just signs things in the law. Huh? He just signs bills. Sorry. What's that? <laughs> I just played the hair doctor. <laughs> the good night hair doctor. That means I'm signing off the show. Did I finish the... Uh... Yeah. There's. I just got to get the little bit All right. of the horse Fantastic. whinny. <laughs> Kale, it's been fun. I wish I, I wish I was an expert in all oh. things. So I could say, Thanks, well, sir. obviously what you're wrong about here is... Oh, I'm not, I'm not either. Thing. You know, it's fun to ponder. It's fun to ponder. It's fun it? to ponder, though. Yes, that's, yes. that's the great thing. I yeah. agree. <laughs> so I invite anybody, you know, do your own research, come with your own conclusions, see what you find. And, and you know what? Mm -hmm. Let me know. I'm interested, man. I'm open-minded. Go, go do some research and say, hey, I found this. I'd be like, cool, I never saw found that. this. You know, like I found the explanation for Bob Smith's... Uh, Artifact. Oh boy, that's not an explanation. It's a possible. He doesn't. I, I haven't researched it, you know, so I'm not going to comment on it. But I will do so, and I will. You know, I will give you a follow. Use Occam's razor. And just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of doing this kind of thing that I'm going to tail <laughs> out for the show to end. So I'm going to start Jim, playing up the theme, and I'll be saying good night. So Kale, yes. Jim, I love you to death. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> if you want to just hang quiet, and when it gets done, I can say something to you. If you want to after, if you just want to hang through till I go off the air. Want I want to go watch TV. Oh, well, you can just. I'm, I was not going to swear at you. <laughs> just joking. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Hey, just to hang. Just I'll, I'll I'll play us out and, and just right. hang on. All right. Uh, you'll you'll hear me talking, but don't you say anything, okay? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. You know Shh. we're radio professionals here. Absolutely. We're worth every penny we're paid. Mm -hmm. Aren't we? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, well, thanks, Kale. Uh, we'll probably have you on again. I don't see why I wouldn't. Shh. <laughs> I'm reminding everybody to be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Sleep with the lights off. Now so when I turn down my microphone and so the people can't hear me. You can't play commercials on your show? You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. I can, but... You can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
course, I drank two of them, though. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.